Hello, and welcome to Ask the Experts. I'm Michael DePoe Wilson, your host, and this is season two of the interview show where we get to chat with some of the leading thinkers in anesthesiology about a wide range of important topics from airway management to medical missions to pediatric dental anesthesia and more. And we have not one, but two very interesting guests for this episode. Now, before we get to our guests, I want to remind you that we have created a listener survey to help us learn a little more about you, our listeners, so we can make an even better show for you in the future. The survey takes about three to five minutes to fill out, and there's a link to it in the episode description. We would really appreciate it if you would check it out. Now, I am happy to announce our guests for this episode of Ask the Experts are Saket Agrawal and Dr. Naveen Goyle. Mr. Agarwal is the CEO of Offer Health, and Dr. Goyle is an anesthesiologist and the co-founder of Offer Health. Now, without further ado, Saket and Naveen. The Anesthesiology News 2022 Winter Spring Buyer's Guide is available 24-7 on your desktop, tablet, or mobile device. The Buyer's Guide gives you access to more than 82 new products for your practice, from airway management to ultrasound. Check out the Buyer's Guide today at anesthesiologynews.com slash buyer's guide. Okay, so thank you very much for joining us today, uh, Naveen uh, and, and Saket. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you both on here. And I should say, just as we're getting started, that this is, um, you know, this is our second season of, of these episodes. And this is the first time I've had a chance to have two people in an interview. So congratulations on, on pioneering the show for us in that way. Um, you know, before I get into the questions with all of my guests, I always like to get some background on you, uh, let our listeners kind of know where you're coming from and, and what you do. Um, so I just ask both of you, if you just give a little background on yourself, you know, like where you came from, what, you know, where you studied and stuff like that. First of all, it's great to be here. Grew up in Columbus, Ohio, went to Ohio state for undergraduate. Uh, I majored in molecular genetics because someone told me to do that. that it would get me into medical school because it was fancy. It did reduce my GPA. I still slightly got in. Uh, I went to University of Cincinnati for medical school and then trained in anesthesiology at the University of Chicago. Ended up coming back to Columbus uh, and joined a private practice for anesthesia. And for my side, uh, also from Columbus, Ohio, went to Ohio State, did a computer science and an electrical engineering degree, um, and then went and got my MBA at the University of North Carolina and what, spent about 10 years out in Silicon Valley before returning home to, to Columbus to join Naveen and uh, team and building out Offer Health. Great. Okay. And, um, you know, so uh, Saket, this won't apply to you as much, but I do have a question for you related to this, but I wanted to start with, uh, with you, Naveen, uh, as an anesthesiologist. I always like to know you know, have our guests tell us like when they knew they wanted to be an anesthesiologist. So you kind of, you, you went through your undergrad program, kind of knowing you wanted to go to med school. When did you realize in that process that anesthesiology was a specialty for you? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to have a mentor, uh, one, you know, a guy a year above me who was going into anesthesiology and knew me very well and said, you know, your personality type, and you told me you like pharmacology, physiology, you should really consider anesthesiology. 
And I said, I didn't really think about that field before. And this was back in uh, early 2000s. So uh, it was, it, you know, anesthesia wasn't as popular at the time. And so it wasn't on top of mind. But I ended up doing an elective case early in my third year and it hit me. I was like, okay, I get to use my brain. I get to use procedures. You have to be efficient and think on the fly. Um, it really, you know, caught me early. So it was a very early decision and I kept with it. That's great. Yeah. I get to hear a lot of stories like that. It's a, you get a taste of it and you know right away. Um, and so, Saket, I have a similar question for you. When did you realize you wanted to start working in medical startups? <laughs> Well, it's, it's kind of happened by happenstance. Uh, I was out in Silicon Valley working in the tech industry, uh, grew up in Columbus, Ohio, as I mentioned earlier. I've known Naveen and the other co-founders that are both an also anesthesiologists um, for a long time. Uh, we grew up together. And so Naveen had come out to uh, San Francisco and we caught up for some drinks and he mentioned about this startup that they were building uh, that was providing anesthesiologists and dental offices. Um, you know, this was back in 2015. And so Uber, Lyft, uh, all these marketplace type apps were all the rage back then. And so I kind of suggested to them, hey, why don't you guys start to think through how you can do this demand matching of these this these dental patient needs uh, for anesthesia with anesthesiologists and um, just kind of threw it out there. You know, I, I have a business background and and a technology background. And ultimately, that conversation sparked a lot of conversations uh, going forward. And how do we go and build something? Um, and eventually they decided to lure me back to Columbus to, to help them kind of found this company. And it was great because they brought an extensive amount of clinical knowledge from all of their experiences. And I brought the, the business perspective and it was a, a mending of minds of how do you build a company that is very focused on clinical and providers and delivering this amazing experience. Um, and, you know, then the, there's a business aspect of building a company. And that's what uh, we all put our heads together to, to figure out. And it's been a, an exciting journey. Um, it's been, we spent a lot of time, at least three, four years perfecting the model before going out and scaling it. And so there was a lot of um, learning the healthcare landscape, having really great conversations, understanding the challenges of clinical. Um, and uh, that's how I ended up in it. But now that I'm here, there's just such a large opportunity to solve a lot of the challenges that we're seeing in the healthcare system. And it was and it's kind of been like building a company in the right place, right time where we didn't foresee COVID happening. Um, but the need for clinical services uh, outside the walls of health systems um, only exacerbated with, with this kind of pandemic. And so it's been an exciting journey. I think, you know, everyone is here to, to innovate and find ways to meet the needs of patients. And um, I think that's that's real across all types of business. But more so in, in healthcare. The Anesthesiology News e-newsletter is a free resource from the most widely read publication for the specialty. Get the latest clinical news and multimedia content delivered right to your inbox. Go to anesthesiologynews.com e-news to sign up today.
that's a great segue into the first the first set of questions I had for you. And I, I'm realizing that maybe before I even ask you any specifics about about the kind of work you're talking about, if you could just give a, a rundown of what the company is and what kind of services are provided uh, by the company. Yeah, absolutely. So SmileMD uh, is the service line that launched this business. And that was really focused on these dental patients that had this extensive need for anesthesia, um, but was having trouble getting access to the hospitals or having facing long wait list times or long driving distance. And then they ended up not getting the care that they need in a timely manner. And so the co-founders were really focused on, well, how do we replicate that OR experience and safety and quality uh, in a dental office? And so we spent a lot of time thinking through what that would look like. And so SmileMD is, is a large part of our DNA in terms of bringing clinical care teams to dental offices. Uh, we really focus on bringing a care team of three, a paramedic, a nurse, and an anesthesiologist. While we built this model, we realized we were solving a, a greater issue of bringing care to communities um, where, where, and meeting patients where they are. Where they are. And so as we built this model for SmileMD, we started having conversations around, well, we have this network of paramedics and nurses, what other types of care delivery can we do? We have a network of anesthesiologists as well. And so now we're in conversations of where are there other access gaps that we can go and provide clinicians to go solve those gaps. So Offer Health is the larger parent company that is focused on building a platform that allows clinicians to engage and deliver services in communities um, to, to meet the needs of these, these access gaps. And so we're in a lot of conversations with uh, patients and payers. You know, there's a whole healthcare ecosystem that needs to come together to go deliver this type of care and identify where the gaps are. And so Offer Health is at the middle of all of that. Uh, we have a logistics arm that is able to move last mile meds and equipment to the points of locations. We have a clinical team that can help train onboard clinicians and spin up policies and procedures and, and make sure that we're giving them incident reporting systems, quality improvement initiatives. And then last but not least, we have a technology platform that kind of matches that demand with the clinical um, staff. Yeah, and I just want to add to um, really help other uh, anesthesia folks appreciate it. No one likes going offsite. No one likes leaving the the safety and streamline of an operating room. Uh, nor do I. Nor did I. And it's like, how can you build something that allows an anesthesiologist to go out into the community and not suffer uh, a lower standard of not having the supplies they need, not knowing or being familiar with the supplies around them and equipment around them not having extra hands like they would in an operating room, and then not having backup plans when things go wrong, because we all know that's what we plan for. And so it, it wasn't that, you know, something that happened overnight, but as Sakai mentioned, it took three or four years of, especially on the clinical side for myself and the two co-founders, uh, cardiac and a pediatric anesthesiologist, uh, along with me, to put our heads together and say, what are every single pain point that we have encountered in our, in our kind of careers, right? What are, and then we have other anesthesiologists come in and say, you know, I did this case. I wish I would have this. And so we have really 
collaborated and said, maybe we should really start doing things this way. So over several years, over hundreds of anesthesiologists that have come through and done shifts and continue to do shifts, we've learned a lot on what makes this not an offsite location, but another location. And, and that's what we've been building. Okay. Yeah. And you actually, I think you guys have answered a couple of my questions. So, I mean, that, that's really great. And, um, and, and it does, it's very interesting, uh, way to approach it. And it's, it's interesting to hear how it kind of started off very focused with this, you know, smile MD and, uh, and then, you know, kind of you're starting to, you're at the point now, I guess, where you're starting to expand that and see, and see where else you can apply that. Um, so I was, kind of interested like you were saying uh naveen about you know anesthesiologists hearing this and are and are interested in in the the pain points that they experience and the kind of help that they would like to see you know what could you just talk about what the role of anesthesiologist um the anesthesiologists that you have on board like what's their yeah. role with the company yeah their role is to come to the offices that they're assigned to um and perform anesthesia see their patient which there's already been a you know, preoperative workup. They see the patient like I would do in a surgery center or a hospital um, and, and do the procedure with the, you know, if it's a dental anesthesia case with the dentist and the help of a paramedic or nurse. And when the procedure is done, there's, you know, recovery available from a nurse. And so it's just, it's that process. And when I, again, think about the hospital or a surgery center, I'm walking in, I want to see my patient set up my room which the setup is there, but we still check, make sure we got our medications drawn up, do the procedure, recover, and then repeat. And so that's what they should expect at the office. The only difference is it's an office and it's not this sterile operating room. It's different, but it's still safe, streamlined, and they know what to expect. And there is a process and there are other people to provide that consistency to say, Hey, this is, you know, this is what we've been doing. This is what works. And so it's just, again, creating something of, um, of a streamlined process. So it's not a new, you know, case, new story every single day, which again is the nightmare of offsite anesthesia. And just to add to that, right. Um, we are looking to build a business that caters to the anesthesiologist and their availability, so if they want to work one day a month or three days a week, we tailor the, the demand to them. And another aspect that we focus on is that we are seeing healthy patients. Uh, we're screening these patients to make sure that they're conducive to be seen in an office-based environment. And so, you know, a lot of the things that we see from anesthesiologists that want to be a part of our platform is, oh, man, you know, I'm, I'm tired of seeing the sickest of the sick type patients in the hospital setting. It's refreshing to see these healthy patients. Now, these are patients with significant oral caries and, and disease, but generally healthy patients. And so we are giving them an opportunity uh, or they are joining us to, to have the opportunity to impact communities, work on their own lifestyle and their cadence. And we're here to join the two, right? The, the, the patient need with those clinicians. And, and that's actually a huge point that I, I did not mention earlier. Many times when you go off site, there's actually sicker patients or as sick uh, uh, patients of in the operating room, overweight, diabetic, very sick, on oxygen. And I'm now in a dark room with a machine that has been used for a while with no hands on board and everything looks different. 
And so this is going offsite with all the attributes that I was uh, mentioning earlier with ASA one and two patients. And so again, you're just trying to knock out what, what needs to be in an office and what can be done in an office and what shouldn't be done there can be done in the hospitals. And so that's, and that's, you know, what I like to tell people founded by anesthesiologists. So yes, this is a private business that many stakeholders support, but we are incentivized to do what's best for the patient, what makes sense and what should be done in the office and what should be done downstream. And I think that's really important from an anesthesia perspective. Sure. Uh, and, and so you've, and you've mentioned this, the idea of mobile anesthesia and, and getting people to where the need is. But, and as, as you mentioned, uh, Naveen, that it's not, not as painfully as it is done in other cases. So just for our listeners sake, I know we've kind of thrown this term mobile anesthesia out there. Could you just describe exactly what that means? I mean, is it like you have anesthesiologists kind of driving around in Ubers waiting for, for a call or like how, how exactly does it work? I would say mobile anesthesia is more for the patients in the community for, hey, if I need to undergo a procedure that requires anesthesia, I no longer have to think only of the medical center that's an hour away. They perhaps can offer those services in my local office. For an anesthesiologist, you look at, I'm going to this location today. There's nothing mobile in their world about it. When they come in, there's this setup that is just like it would be at another location. So it's more, again, for like the, the patient and the provider, which craves uh, service like anesthesia, right? As we, as we know, and we even within the hospital, every radiologist, cardiologist, you name it, wants anesthesia in their department. So it's, it's more not necessarily for the anesthesia, but for the, the patient, which is really helpful. So it's for the, from an anesthesiologist perspective, you figured out a way to make, make um, like offsite anesthesia pretty standardized for them. So they can show up in a location and they know exactly what they're going to see and, and exactly what kind of procedure. And as you said, it's ASA one and ASA two patients. So it's, um, it, it's kind of a nice change, I guess, like you were saying from, from what you might be expected or expecting going out of the hospital and going to a new location. Yeah. And we've openly said, no, we don't want to do that. Why, why would we want to do that? You know, when we're making decisions, like, would you want to, you know, wake up really early and, and travel so far into a dark place with no hand. No, it's, it's like, I don't want to go too far. I would like to go to a new a place with friendly people in, a, in an office I've never been to, but everything else is standardized, right? So it's, it's trying to take out the negatives, add the positives, and essentially extend the, the broad application of a career of an anesthesiologist, right? When I think of as an anesthesiologist, okay, I'm going to join a hospital practice or an outpatient surgery center practice. Now, this is really adding to, do I need to do that? I do want to practice anesthesia in a safe setting. I do want to help patients, but can I do that in other vehicles? And so that's how I look at mobile anesthesia as a whole new industry that's opening up that definitely needs a foundation of some standards. And that's what we're building here. Because I, you know, you know, and Sakai can probably tell you, getting anesthesiologists three years ago, it was, it was, it was really educating them for a while and even some persuasion of like, you know, we're, we're doing this right. Take a look. Now people are applying um, and, and inbounding us saying, I, I see that you're in this state now. I'm very interested. And, and sometimes, you know, they'll want to shadow a case and look how, how streamlined it is. And, and the feedback is incredible. Now we're always improving every single day, but I'll tell you right now, 
we've recently had a few engagements where the anesthesiologist has seen different various operations of mobile anesthesia across the country and said, wow, what you've built here is really special. And I can tell that anesthesiologists have had a heavy hand in the decision making. And so to me, that's just some of the validation of what we're building. And just to add uh, to the definition, um, mobile anesthesia is still in its infancy, I would say, or early stages, sorry. And so there are various types of models out there. There are anesthesiologists that store their meds and equipment and travel with it in their car to an on-site location. When we built our company, it was very provider-focused, as Naveen mentioned. Um, And we wanted to take away all the friction. And so when we say mobile anesthesia in terms of of SmileMD and Offer Health, we actually say on-site care. Because you are not doing any of that. You are showing up just like you would at a surgery center or a hospital. And everything is there for you uh, to, to do your job, right? And so our whole goal is that an anesthesiologist has that amazing experience of knowing what patients they're going to see. They show up. They deliver their care. They go home and they get paid for what they did. And everyone has a seamless experience. And so that's how we built SmileMD which may be different than other mobile anesthesia companies. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's a good distinction and, and, you know, the idea, like saying the word mobile, it it can mean lots of things to lots of people. So it's, I mean, that, that idea that it's, uh, it's on-site care and the the anesthesiologist just shows up like they're showing up to the office or to the hospital, uh, you know, to, to practice. And that's an interesting uh, tidbit to, to include there. You know, one of the things we wanted to talk about today, and and it's kind of the impetus for us getting to have this conversation, is that uh, you've seen a shift in how the anesthesia workforce uh, has has been going during the pandemic. And so, you know, I, what I was interested what I was interested in learning from you guys is, you know, what is that shift looking like from your perspective, and and you know, how how is that starting to kind of play out in in the world of anesthesiologists? Yeah, from my perspective, like uh, Naveen had just mentioned, we are seeing a lot more interest and seeing anesthesiologists that want to start taking control of their career in their lives and working on their terms. And that's what our platform is all about. Uh, If you want to work two days a week or three days a week, where was your soft landing before? It was either I'm in the hospital system, I'm working nights, weekends, they're telling my schedule, my schedule to me a month or two months in in advance, and I got to work the shifts that they gave me or I got to trade with people, right? Um, Or I go into private practice of some other private group and they're wanting me to work full time and, and do these other aspects. We really focused on a platform that was very focused on how do we deliver a lifestyle for anesthesiologists that they crave, right? So they have control. Hey, I'm going to these offices. These are the days I'm working. These are the hours I'm working. And that is what we've built towards. And so as we see kind of this shift uh, of burnout, you know, there's a lot of burnout. There's a lot of younger people looking for that Uberized lifestyle. Uh, It plays into what we've built and so you've and you've seen that shift kind of happening through the last couple of years. It's you know more more and more anesthesiologists are interested in what you guys are doing. Absolutely, we've had hundreds of anesthesiologists connect with us and engage with us. Uh, you know we're in, we're on our mission to to provide access throughout the country, and so we are 
expanding our footprint uh, every few months into new states. And so it's we're trying as fast to, to get to wherever the patient needs are and then connecting those patient needs to great clinical providers like our anesthesiologist. Yeah, and I just to add to that, I think, you know, the pandemic has stressed the healthcare system and um, has come out to, to expose that we rely on the hospital and large medical centers uh, very heavily. And so how can we take the burden off um, really to survive, not just a choice, but we must do something more than, and expand the healthcare vertical um, beyond the hospital. And so you have in the home, in the office, last mile healthcare, you'll just see a lot more. And what we've seen is a shift, not only in the anesthesiologists and providers in general, but all stakeholders, right? They're, they're the patients are now uh, more open to telemedicine and saying, yes, anything that to keep me out of a clinic or a hospital or a medical center, uh, why do I need to drive? Um, you know, why do I need to go beyond my neighborhood? And so it's made what we've been working on for years much more relevant. And then we now have the workforce, you know, anesthesiologists, uh, including other specialties that are now reaching out and saying, I no longer feel the hospital is the only way I can provide patient care. And, and so it's just like everyone started waking up and how can we contribute to building out the impact outside of the hospital? And, and that's what we've seen. Anesthesiology is definitely not unique, but this is very unique because now we actually are providing careers for anesthesiologists. We're actually getting calls from people in residency, in medical school. They've been practicing for 20 years. There's, there's someone recently who was about to retire, but saw this as an option and said, I actually think this is great for my lifestyle, uh, so I don't need to just quit. And, and so it's just, you know, I think perspective is changing, but we're also growing and uh, being able to um, handle and maintain and grow careers. I think that's really important. That's great. Yeah. And and so you've mentioned a couple of times about which states you're in, and I, I feel like it's, it's a good chance for us to talk, to talk about that specifically. Where Where are you operating right now? As of this moment, we are in Illinois, Ohio, Kentucky, and Tennessee, okay. with expectations to be in 10 to 15 states here in the next 12 to 18 months. Oh, okay. So pretty pretty fast expansion. That's great. Um, so I think you've answered this question, but I, I just want to ask it specifically just so we can touch on it. Um, you've, we've talked about the pandemic. We've talked about some of the effects it's had like you know, largely on hospitals, largely on anesthesiology service, you know, how, how would you say that the pandemic has specifically affected your company over the last couple of years? The pandemic, I think, as Naveen just mentioned, really opened up the eyes. Uh, hospitals were very busy focusing on what they needed to be focused on, which were sickly patients that were, you know, caught up in the pandemic. And what it did from the lens of healthcare overall is open up I think what it did was force innovation onto the health systems. I think the embracing of innovation. So you see a lot more venture money focused on healthcare. You see a lot of the payers now focused on patient outcomes and value-based care. And how do we lower the total cost of care, but deliver access earlier? And you see regulators and, and the government actually reacting as well to those nuances and, and challenges that were faced during this time. How do we reach rural America? How do we reach urban America? There's so many access gaps and reasons um, for 
for patients to not engage with the healthcare system. And as Medicaid and Medicare continue to take up large portions of states' budgets, I think they're starting to now really embrace the idea of alternative modes of care delivery. And so the pandemic is, I think, just opened up eyes and opportunities for a lot of people as, and healthcare is going to change. And it's not about reinventing healthcare, right? It's just about adding other modes of care to reach patients. The hospitals are not going to go away. They have a large portion, uh, you know, a large um, value to play in, in this equation. But do all our patients need to go to a hospital system? Uh, I think that is what's being reimagined in, in the moment. Yeah. And, and prior to the pandemic, I think with regards to, you know, the dental world and dental anesthesia, especially needed for kids, there was such a pain point and such a problem that it really had to bubble up where we were having conversations and people were like, yes, we need your services. Now, before things are becoming or bubbling up to become even a huge problem, people are being more proactive and looking at what can we do right now? Does this make sense to bring someone who needs diabetic care, who has logistical problems that lives two hours away and bring them to the medical center? It's these questions that are being asked right now that I feel like are more proactive than reactive. Okay. And I guess just to kind of end this segment of questions before we move on to the last couple of questions I have for you, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about this and obviously there's the, the, the pressures from the pandemic and, uh, and people are just kind of opening their eyes to possibilities. Um, but could you just talk a little bit about why anesthesiologists uh, should consider looking into mobile anesthesia for their careers or maybe as a mid-career change? That varies uh, anesthesiologist to anesthesiologist. What is it that they're looking for that um, that drives them? We have anesthesiologists say, hey, I love having a variety of cases and I want to do a few shifts with SmileMD to get exposed to the dental office and, and meet these pediatric patients where, or adult patients where they're at. And it's, a, it's another mode, right? Then we have those that are like, I want to, it's a lifestyle. I, I want to be able to see my child play football or baseball. Um, and I'm missing those days because I'm working nights and weekends and I'm I'm, I'm missing these golden year or these golden parenting years. And so they're looking for a lifestyle change and a typical day with smile MD is from 7am to 3pm. Uh, and so they, they're looking for that, op that opportunity, or I've been doing anesthesia for 25 years. I've seen it all. I'm really looking to now impact my community in a different way. I want to see some healthy patients. I want to build relationships with the dental offices and these patients that I, that live near me and there's a big access gap. Uh, you know, they, these patients were waiting six months, nine months to a year uh, to get into the hospital system and I can affect that change. And I don't need to retire from the hospital system completely and, uh, you know, but I, I, I'm willing to work two days a week. And so there's, it's just a matter of where you are in your lifestyle and, and what it is that drives you. You could be a new resident going in and, and working in a hospital system. You have all this vacation time, but you also have student loans that you want to pay back. Um, you know, there's locums opportunities as well, but those opportunities are typically one week, two week travel, you know, are part of it. Whereas we're giving you by the day, right? So if you have a Tuesday off uh, and you want to schedule something, of course we need some 
time, we, we need to know ahead of time. But if you have a Tuesday upcoming in your next month, we will work our hardest to, to fill that day with patients for you. And so, again, I, th- I think it really varies anesthesiologist to anesthesiologist. It sounds like the the keyword is flexibility, right? <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a, it's interesting. And, and, and you guys have said this a couple of times, so I won't make you say it again, but just having the opportunity to kind of dictate your own terms a little bit. And that's, you know, and in medicine, I mean, obviously in anesthesiology, but really in medicine um, across the board, that's, that's tough to find. Just to add one more aspect to it. Uh, another thing that we've seen is that our anesthesiologists love going into dental offices and meeting these new dentists and they're equal partners, right? We, we become an extension of these dental offices and the anesthesiologists are building relationships with these dentists and their staff, front desk staff, and all the people associated with the care delivery for these, uh, for these patients. And it, it really resonates with them to be able to have these relationships. And I know in the hospitals, you know, you're meeting with surgeons and other aspects. Um, it's just an opportunity to, to build more relationships and actually be valued as, as an equal partner in that office and delivery of that care. Right. Yeah. And, and last year in the summertime, I think it was in July, we actually had an interview with uh, one of the doctors that works with SmileMD, uh, Dr. Peggy Sedman. And she, she was, um, definitely saying that, like how great it is to walk into a dentist's office uh, on the days that she works, and and it's just a, a unique experience for her, having been in you know in in hospital settings for a long time, and and getting to experience that differently. And and so yeah, I mean that just you you know we we've heard that from people who are doing it. We hear it from you guys. Um, it's, it's definitely a really interesting opportunity um, that that you guys have have presented. So, you know, I appreciate you guys taking the time to kind of walk us through all that and, and, and talk around both the things that you guys have going on in-house, but also some of the larger uh, trends that you're starting to see affecting the specialty and, and how that that has impacted you guys and, and how you've kind of met this moment. Um, so before I let you go, though, I, I'd i like to ask you a couple of questions. I, it's a, a series of quick questions that uh, I asked my guest called The Secret to Your Success. Um so if you just bear with me, it's just kind of, kind of seeing how you, how you guys work, what, you know, you know, where, where your minds are at and what, and what helps you guys, uh, you know, be, you know, find success in your careers and in your day to day. Um, so my first question uh, for both of you is what is something interesting, uh, an interesting professional idea that you've read about or heard about lately? I have a, um, I have a, a company that I've helped uh, over the years, a hydrogen energy company that basically wants to bring accessible, clean energy to everyone. And so, you know, I know electric cars and, and all the all the hype of, of changing from oil and gas and combustion engines into alternative energies. What I've learned is hydrogen energy is extremely sustainable. It's what you can use in, in space. NASA is using it right now. And when you think about efficient energy being used with houses and places off the grid can actually power these places without an infrastructure. So it uh, sounds kind of random, but I've been in the weeds on that for a while and it's very interesting. Okay. So hydrogen energy. That, no, that's interesting. <laughs> that, that's a very unique answer. So <laughs> you'll have to let us know if you've got a good link to some, some of the reading you've been doing. We can share that with everyone. <laughs> oh yeah. Hyperion Motors. Look them up. Okay. Hyperion Motors. <laughs> got it. Okay. Okay. And you, and uh, Saket? 
I am still immersed in the world of healthcare, right? So coming from a technology um, background, it's always great for me to see how everyone is rallying around the patient in this new post-COVID, or I guess we're still in COVID, but in the COVID world, and the various technologies and people associated with trying to deliver care and get patients access through telehealth or on-site care delivery, or just how disjointed the system is and solving to connect this very complex network. Uh, I'm just, every day I'm immersed in, in the healthcare. And so that's where my head's at. And just learning learning the various challenges that everyone is facing and to, to move the needle. Yeah. And, and so this is going to kind of piggyback a little bit on that, but um, uh, so question number two is what is something that you rely on to keep up with the ever-changing nature, nature of, of anesthesia care and of, and of business practice? Start with you, Sakat. Anesthesia news is a great place. Uh, I had to take a, I had to do a deep dive and crash course in anesthesia when I, when I joined SmileMD and Offer Health. And so this was critical in terms of learning the lingo and the challenges and reading the stories and, and seeing up-to-date news on what, what it is the anesthesiologists are reading about and thinking about on a daily basis. Um, and so I subscribed to every, every podcast and, and every newsletter that's out there from anesthesia news to uh, all the other various uh, aspects out there. I, I have a customized Google news feed just for anesthesia. So Gotcha. Well, we appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks for listening and reading. <laughs> uh, and how about you, Naveen? Yeah, I would say, you know, the field of anesthesiology is very safe, right? The science behind it, there hasn't been a lot of changes because it, it really is, safe. And, and I'm not saying that there shouldn't be more R&D and, and really th- thinking about how we can make it better. But what I do think the low-hanging fruit is, is talking to anesthesiologists and then seeing also patient problems and how we can connect our field that is safe right now and apply it more broadly. Because I actually see so many anesthesiologists, again, in a, in a medical center or a career or hospital, and then I see all these patients who would need the field more that aren't really getting connected. And at, when I was you know, working in private practice here in Columbus, I did not realize there were so many people that didn't have access to our field, to anesthesia, to the operating rooms. And so how can we get to more people, right, to enable their procedures or enable whatever care they needed? And that's where I want, you know, my peers of anesthesiology to start thinking about that. And instead of looking inside, start looking outside, because I think, again, the science behind it is great. Now, how do we get that more accessible to people. Yeah, no, that that's an interesting, uh, an interesting topic, an interesting problem. Um, and you guys are obviously doing your part to, to help solve it. Um, so I have one last question for you, and this is kind of just like, uh, how, how do you get through day to day? And, you know, so obviously you've heard this phrase uh, a bunch over the last couple of years, but we live in unprecedented times. That's more true for anesthesiologists than probably anybody, you know, um, and, and anyone who's adjacent to anesthesiologists too. Um, so what is something that you can share that helps you just get through your day to day working on the job, running this company? Yeah, for, for me, I mean, I, you know, I, I no longer work in my hospital practice. So I used to get up at 5, 5.30, work out, and then go straight to the operating room. Now I still wake up at about 5.30. Uh, I do some uh, workout. I do a little bit of meditation, and I do reading and writing. 
and then I start my day. And I'll tell you right now, that is uh, really a good practice for myself to be mentally prepared for what the day's going to throw at me. And from my side, it's really uh, eye on the goal and the vision of, of delivering access to care. We're going to always solicit the feedback of our clinical care teams and things of that nature on what's working, what's not working. And so for me, it's building, right? We're building a business that is not perfect, but we, we strive to make better on a daily basis. And while we hit bumps and challenges and things of that nature, what drives us is the fact that we know we're delivering care much needed care to, to communities and that we have excellent clinicians on our platform that are there and mission driven as well. And so keeping our eye on the ball of what really matters is that that patient at the end of the at the end of the day and them getting a safe and quality care as well as better outcomes. Um, you know, a lot of these patients that we see have significant oral health issues and they're working on 8, 10, 12 teeth that they come out of their procedure and they get to smile. And now that pain is gone, they can eat food, sleep better at night, go to school, those aspects. And so keeping my eye on that and the team's eye on that and our mission to, to remove barriers to healthcare uh, really, really drives us through, through the day, keeps us motivated. Well, that's fantastic. Well, Naveen Saket, I appreciate your time today. Uh, I appreciate you sharing what you're working on and, and, and what you have going on at SmileMD. It definitely sounds like it's a lot of exciting things. It sounds like it's a time of growth for for you and the company. And um, and it's exciting to hear that a lot of anesthesiologists are, are starting to kind of see what you're up to and, and take an interest in it. And obviously, we encourage any of our listeners to uh, to look into what you guys are doing. And we're, we'll share some links to the company so people can read up a little bit more on on what you're doing and, and maybe figure out uh, what, when the, you guys are going to come to their state <laughs> whenever that's able to happen. Um, so yeah, is there, is there anything else before I, I let you guys go? No, just really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and to your uh, viewership and readership. It's, it's a exciting time for our, for our company offer health and smile MD. And we're always looking to connect with amazing clinicians and physicians. Yeah, I'll, I'll just add, actually, you know, we never mentioned this, but a couple, uh, the last couple of years I've, I've worked on a, a book that essentially it's called Physician Underdog. And it basically is the mindset of wanting to go to medical school, you know, going through the process, becoming an anesthesiologist, and then eventually starting SmileMD. And so I, I say this because I wrote it and I'm proud, but more importantly, I think our, our field and probably physicians in general need a little uplifting as they're facing a lot of adversity and a lot of stress on this, you know, through the pandemic, which has accelerated the stress really. Um, and so it's, it's, it's an uplifting and motivating book from what I've, I've gotten feedback on. And it really is the mindset shift on, on starting a couple different companies and, and really helping to grow while I learn uh, of, of SmileMD Offer Health and what we're doing for patients and how to think of healthcare differently, how to think of your career differently, how to think of your capabilities differently. So um, if anyone was interested, that would be something that hopefully could be uplifting in these kind of um, overly stressful times. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll, we'll make sure if you have a link or something, we can add that in, into our show description so people can find that too. Well, thank you both very much and uh, we appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Michael.
Thank you so much to Naveen and Saket for being our guests here on Ask the Experts. And thank you to all of you for joining us. And please subscribe and rate the show. If you've already done both of those, share us with your friends and colleagues. Also, if you haven't already, please check out our other shows on this channel, The Etherist and On The Case. As always, thanks for listening. Anesthesiology News Presents Ask the Experts was produced this month by me, Michael DePoe Wilson. It was edited by Ken Christensen. Music for this episode comes from Blue Dot Studios. Our editorial director is James Pruden. The rest of the team is Richard Tordo, Justin Kaback, Blake Dennis, Betty Zong, Kristen Janicone, Lucia Scanlon, Kwang Yi Chung, Sophia Lee, and Sam Steinfeld. Ask the Experts is a project of Anesthesiology News, the most widely read publication for the specialty, and the McMahon Group.